There what it up, is. people? Woo. Check it out. COVID is going to be done. You guys want to play a new sport? Let's have some fun. Shut up and sit down. Business Bros! Business Bros is your show where small business professionals just like you come to tell their stories. This podcast is for those who understand the number one rule in business, which is to be of service to others. Learn how today's professionals generate leads, what's working on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of those who are out there doing the real work. And now let's welcome your hosts, Hernan Sias, the real estate bro with eXp Realty, the cloud-based brokerage where top producers reign, and Jane Sias, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, making sure you are covered because there's a lot riding out there. And now here are the business bros. Yeah. All right, Everybody was an athlete at some point in their life. I know you guys played Foursquare in elementary school, so we got a concept down, right? And we all played some volleyball in the past. What if we could combine mm-hmm. the two? What if we could put them together? Somebody had the genius idea and actually did it, so I want to welcome Chris Meets the program. Uh, you guys want to check that stuff out. I want you to see some pictures of it. It's going to be on crossnetgames.com, so we're going to drop a little feed here, uh, a little banner, so you guys can check that out. Chris Welcome to the program, my friend. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Dude, tell me, where the hell, like, how does this thing come up? Like, when when I first heard about this thing, the first thing that popped into my head was, like, my kids are always playing with the, with the balloon in the living room, like, using the couches, like, to, to like, spike the, yeah. the balloon and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I, I just, like, pictured something like that. And then, like, I can imagine you and your brother doing something, and boom, this idea pops in your head. Tell me a little bit about yeah, how, how I mean- it came out. We grew up in a small farm town in Connecticut, actually. So it was always like doing that, right? Like playing the balloon in the house, lava, don't touch the floor, all those kind of games growing up. But super small farm town. It was me, my brother, and our partner, Mike, were home for like spring break. And we were sitting there and we're like, hey, let's come up with a new idea because we're all sick of our nine to fives or about to start into like Mike had just graduated college from Northeastern with an engineering degree. And he's like, I do not want to do a nine to five. I can't take the thought of it. And we were just writing down ideas. And the really the only logical one was a four-way volleyball net. So we like quickly ran to the internet. Nobody had ever done it before. And it was about five in the morning at this point. And we're like, all right, let's go to bed, wake up, and go straight to Walmart and try to like make something in our backyard. Dude, that's it's it's crazy because that phase of a business, like that idea phase. How were you able to sleep? Like, I'll be Wait, honest, when, when, when that idea pumped. pops into your head and you go online, you're like, oh shit, nobody's doing this, right? And yeah. then you get that excited feeling and then you're like, okay, I can't, like now you're just counting down the hours till stupid Walmart opens <laughs> so you can go do something, right? Exactly. But, but I mean, so so you get this idea in your head. A lot of people have ideas. Very few people take action on those ideas. Tell me what happened after you guys finally went to Walmart, kind of constructed something. Yeah, man. We we kind of rigged it up. We put like my mom's garden and my mom's shed, and we like rigged up this four-way net. Uh, pretty much the Walmart was about a half an hour away. We called our boys and we we're like, hey, be at our house at three o'clock. We're setting up the net. And uh, everyone came and played, and we played for like four hours straight. And eventually we all kind of looked at each other. We're like, we don't want to go inside. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> and that was kind of all the proof of concept we ever really needed. Uh, from there, we're like, all right, let's let's start manufacturing these guys. We know we can sell them. We don't know how we're going to sell them. Uh, but we know if we can get people to actually look at it and play, they're going to take out their checkbook. 
So when when uh, when did you guys start? How long ago did this kick off? We started in 2017. So 2017 was like the ideation process, getting it down, get, getting the manufacturing. Uh, we may have processed a few credit cards in 2017, but really the business started in 2018. 2018. What was that like? Tell me a little bit about once you got – well, I want to know about manufacturing. Let's talk about that for a second because a lot of people have these concepts, these ideas, right? Oh, I, I thought of that idea. I just never did it. Like you guys actually took an idea phase and implemented – how do you take a concept like like what you guys developed and actually create the product and get it designed and, and, and manufactured? Yeah. I mean fortunately for us, we had an engineer in our corner, right? Like most people aren't that smart, I guess, or have the blueprint skills. So we had that going for us. Um, and we pretty much just wrote down the model, made a blueprinting like AutoCAD or whatever the design program is. Uh, we found a manufacturer online who just specialized in sporting goods over in China. And we essentially just kind of vetted for the best one. Whoever had the best communication was willing to be the most flexible. Uh, we were super transparent as we always are and say, hey, we have this amount of cash to work with. Uh, if you want to take our money and make us X amount, we're happy to move forward with you. Uh, if not, we'll keep it moving and find another manufacturer. So we eventually found one who was like super lenient with their terms, was willing to work with us, was willing to grow. And I guess really saw the potential of the company. And we're like, we promise you one day we'll we'll be the biggest company in this manufacturing like plant. And now we are. So um, once you guys have that idea and you go into manufacturing, you create this product, it's now getting shipped out. Then you have other logistical issues that come into play, right? Now it becomes like, okay, cool. I, we got a, a company in China making our product. They got to ship to us. We got to ship to to customers. Like you know that that's not the engineering side. Now you're talking logistics. Walk me of through. Course. Walk me through that. Yeah. So we uh, we grew up in Connecticut. So we have a warehouse in Connecticut where we're from. We like rent it out on an annual basis. And we have originally it was us shipping it, but now we have like our best friends running the warehouse. Uh, my fr- my childhood best friend Kevin actually is the operations manager at our warehouse, shipping out every order every day, and then. The product comes into Boston, and then we line haul it down to our warehouse in Willimantic, Connecticut. So that's where the operation is. That's where we have UPS, FedEx, USPS picking up every day, delivering, picking up and delivering orders. Uh, yeah, it's going really well. All right, dude. So, uh, how old were you when this started? Like, I, I was 24. My partners are 22, and I'm 27 right now. Dude, did you ever go back and get a nine to five? No, hell no. <laughs> no, I was uh, I was working my nine to five for up in, for like a f- few months. I was uh, I was working at Uber, uh, the headquarters in New York City, as like an accountant executive, uh, making a lot of money, learning a lot of good sales skills. Uh, but eventually, like I just couldn't even focus. Like I was like, "Yo, we need to do this." We all quit our jobs. We all left, uh, broke our leases, and we moved to Miami uh, to start the game full time. So you got you're you're in Miami right now. Yeah, I'm in Miami right now. So tell me what the what, what your marketing play was. Okay, so you got a product, right? You got the manufacturing in. You got the distribution ready to go. How the hell do you get other people to see this cool thing that you guys are doing? It's one way – I mean, one thing to, to call your friends and have them come over at 3 o'clock and all have a good time. It's yeah. another thing to get America or the world to see this product. Of course. I mean, fortunately, South Beach is kind of like the, the hub for tourists, right? So we literally just went to the beach every day. We'd get up at 10 o'clock, stroll over, set up the net. And people would just stare at us. It was like there's an alien on the beach. We would be playing. They'd watch us set up. We'd start playing. And then one person would come over. By the end of the day, there'd be 40 people in line. And we wouldn't even get to play our own game. And we'd just be recording for like Instagram content. So that's how we started the business. Um, that's kind of how we ran it with the whole thing. I was going to the beach every day, getting content. 
uh, getting a few people to make make a purchase, and then they'd go home and they'd set it up in their own town, and it would just kind of have a snowball effect. So what what's what's it like today? Tell me tell me what uh, like if if you can get into like any sales uh, quotas or whatever. Like how are you guys doing compared to year one, and like where do you see yourself going? Yeah, so for year one, we were we were at eighty thousand dollars in revenue. Uh, the year after that, we thirty exit, and this year we're about to ten exit. So hopefully, this year we'll end up around like twelve to fifteen million. Nice, dude. So yeah. you guys, that's that's one hell of an entrepreneurial story, by the way. That's one way to nice. not want to do your nine to five job ever. So again. ever again. Yeah. So what happens after this? Like now you have a company that's that's. It looks nice. It's branded correctly. You're selling a lot of product. Everything's good on that home front. What do you do to kind of pivot? What do you do? I mean, obviously, we had COVID stuff. Beaches got closed up. Yeah. How, how did that affect you? How are you pivoting to you know take capitalize on what you guys have created? Yeah, I, I definitely think, as you could imagine, people like here on San Diego, I'm in Miami. I typically don't – I don't have a backyard, so I don't have that patch of grass. But the majority of the United States has some type of land or backyard that they could go play. So customers are storming to our site. We're selling hundreds a day. Uh, so we've seen our sales go up like almost 500% in the last like 90 days, which has been a blessing for our company, uh, but has definitely put some strains on our business as well. Uh, but in regards to pivoting, like our marketing strategy is just like, if you're home and you're available and you're healthy, it's the perfect outdoor game. If not, like no need, don't buy now, but summer's coming and like, let's put this on your radar so you're ready to buy when summer hits. What what kind of um, what kind of hiccups have you guys come across when you're building this this whole thing? Like uh, it it sounds like a perfect like all the stars lined up and everything went perfectly well. Yeah. What kind of struggles did you guys go through? Yeah, it's def- that's definitely far from the truth. We didn't pay ourselves for almost two years, like just starting this out. We are 100% self funded. Never went to a bank. Never had a, a parent or a grandparent give us any any type of money. Uh, so essentially, for two years, we just actually we're still doing it today. Uh, investing almost every dollar back into the business. And so we'd start with the order of 50 units. We'd take all the cash from the 50 and we'd have enough to buy a hundred units. And then we'd sell the hundred and we'd buy 250. Uh, and that's how we've scaled up to selling, like buying 25,000 at a time now. So it's been tough and it's really hard to be predictive upon sales. Uh, Cause my job is the sales role and the marketing role. So I'm always trying to blow like the inventory out of the water. Right. And sometimes we grow too fast and we don't have enough inventory. Uh, and it's kind of a setback for our customers, but that's my whole goal as uh, just being in sales is trying to make the company as well known and be everywhere possible. So, what kind of what kind of major troubles did you guys go through, or minor troubles? Did you ever? I mean, it sounds like you had some cash flow issues, obviously. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. But- we're, we're certainly learning. Um, other issues were just like being backordered. Backordered suck. No, nobody wants to be backordered. We've been backordered. We're backordered right now as we're speaking. Uh, to July, there's a two month wait for our product, and people are still buying 500 of them a day. So, uh, our product's in demand, but we are back ordered, uh, which isn't great for marketing because people want to go outside and play it right now. They're in a desperate need for some fun and entertainment. So, struggle is definitely cash flow and also just being able to provide as much inventory as possible because uh, we are never the type of people to want to be sitting on any type of inventory. So, if you can go back and tell yourself some advice, some, something that would help you guys like get better as far as building your business. What, what kind of advice would you give yourself? I think going, going backwards, I would have done two things differently. One, we should have played hardball even more with our manufacturers because the price that you set in the beginning is the price that you work down from. So had we played a little bit more hardball, 
our margins may be our margins are great, but our margins could have been just that much better because uh, it's hard to go backwards when you've already started. And then from there, email marketing, just capturing emails and capturing phone numbers uh, just on a marketing and sales side. Had we done that much better in the early days, I think it would have propelled our business so much better because right now we're, we've just learned so many new things over the last six months that I wish we would have applied back then. There's a lot of a lot of times when people get into a product based business um, that they fail to resell to their existing client base, right? And so I think what you're talking about there is is exactly that. It's it's that you know you have a product and maybe they lost it or they want another one. They want to give it as a gift or whatever it is, and you have no way of communicating with them on a regular basis, right? Exactly. So now I've noticed on your website, uh, it's very much focused on, let me get your email. Let me get your email. Let me get your email. Um, and it's, it's, but it's, it's awesome. It's perfect. It's like, you know, let me show you what, what we're doing here. Let me, let me show you what you can offer. Let me, you know, give you a little bit of something. And it's, and it's making sure that you're capturing that data, right? Of course. Yeah. How, once, once somebody's in your, in your database, um, what kind of, what kind of contact are you making on, on a regular basis? Yeah, so there's a, and that's definitely something we would have adjusted so much sooner on. Uh, but when they do enter, they typically are entering to get some type of discount. I find myself as a shopper, I've kind of built my site kind of based off my shopping consumer habits. I'm always looking for a discount on the site. I'm always hovering around looking for the pop up, the fly up if I'm actually going to buy. Uh, so once they're in the funnel, they'll get like the first two touches will be like, hey, use your $10 discount. Uh, there's also another funnel for gym teachers. So if you're a physical education teacher, you can download like an ebook, ebook that says like, here's 20 different ways to use CrossNet in your classroom. And then from there, it's less sales jargon and more about FOMO. And like, here's what you're missing out on. You could be having these dope rallies, but you're on your cell phone looking at another email. So stuff like that, videos, gifts, all that good stuff, tournament invites when the world's kind of back to normal. So uh, yeah, we're, we're doing constant feedback and the kind of making sure it's not overkill where we don't want people to unsubscribe, but giving them enough to kind of lean in and actually make that purchase. Wait, you said you're having world tournaments. Yeah, dude, we have tournaments. Oh, dude, tell me everywhere. about that. Come on. How, do, how does that work? So we had, we were having tournaments out in San Diego. We had tournaments out in Canada. We have interest from all over the globe. So we were going to have like, we had at like 10 tournaments scheduled across the United States and also North America. Uh, so when the world world gets back to normal, uh, those tournaments are going to be back on. I'm pumped. We had one out in San Diego last year and a kid drove over three hours to come play with us. So pretty fun. Dude. Okay. So explain to me how this game is played. Is yeah. this me trying to beat three other people? Is this me working with a partner? Like how does this tournament structure? How does this game played? Yeah. So the way the game is played, it's four square and volleyball games played to 11 win by two. And it's pretty straightforward. Everyone's in one square each. One person serves the ball across and you only get points when you serve. So if you stay alive when you serve and nobody eliminates you, you get one point and your points carry over and you, you remember your score. Everyone calls out the score beforehand and uh, game to 11, one by two. So as time goes on, everybody will have like 10 points, nine points, eight points, and it's getting super competitive and you're spiking the, whoever has the most points to get them to the back of the line. So and each person is is has their own points. Like correct. I'm playing, yeah. I'm playing for myself. Like I'm trying exactly. to be a tournament champion. Me myself. I don't have any other partner. Like there's no like combo squares or anything. Exactly. Yep. Everyone has their own points. Uh, whoever gets to 11 points first wins, and it's just by getting to the fourth square, which is the king square, and that's how you serve. So yeah, that's how you win. Nice, dude. I mean that that's 
very rarely can you develop a skill and pay, play a sport. Like it's kind of reminding me of golf. Like you might be on a foursome on a, on a, on the tee, but you're playing like to win. Like you're still trying to develop your score on your own. Exactly. Yeah. So we got that going on. And then we also were about to release our doubles net, which allows to bring it to a two V two, a team element of it. So you get three touches for each team bump set spike. Uh, so we're going to bring a big team element to it too. So the tournaments are going to not only be single player, but also team. So that's going to be cool. So when you go to team though, isn't that volleyball? Volleyball, but it's four-way volleyball using our rules instead of traditional volleyball rules. So you're so going to still be playing cross net square? style. Okay, yes. so there's still squares. There's still four squares. Well, there's just longer. two people in your square. Exactly. The net's longer. Nice. And that's you guys it. have like a full-on rule book. Like there's like, – yeah. all right. Tell me about it, it, just a little bit about how you came up with the rules um, and like some stories. Cause I'd imagine that you guys are playing in your backyard. You're like, no, 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 that's not an official rule. Oh yeah. All the time. All the time. <laughs> so there's stuff where like it'll hit the pole. So the it's fun. Cause with the, using the volleyball net, you could actually spike the ball over and then hit it into the, the opposite net. And then the ball will actually ride down the net and either it'll land in somebody's square or it'll land outside the square. So there's all different types of trick shots you can do. But sometimes, like my brother's really good at spiking the ball right into the pole, and then from there, it will literally drop dead right outside the boundary. It's like a deadly shot. So there's all, all different types of rules and technicalities that we get into. But we do a pretty good job covering them on the FAQs, and we also have like around-the-clock customer support to like answer rules or like phone calls if anybody does have questions. All right, so on these tournaments that you're talking about, you have like official refs that come out and like not call? yet. Ho- hopefully, hopefully someday we will. Uh, right now, it's kind of we're we're still we're still a small business. We're starting up, but uh, one day hopefully we'll have those refs for sure. We're we're building partnerships with the professional like the, the professional volleyball players. We just signed a deal with Wilson Sports to have like the professional AVP volleyball branded in CrossNet. Uh, so we're really trying to to take this thing seriously and be part of the AVP community as well. All right, tell me a little bit about that that whole branding play. So you you've developed the product. Obviously, it's a hit. People love this particular this this cross net. Uh, they're buying it. They're using it at home. They're using it on the beaches. Uh, and now you're expanding into other brands, right? So that's a whole different that's a whole different scope of your product. Uh, what are you looking for when you bring on a sponsorship or a par- or a brand partner like that? Yeah, I think for us, it's like we are a young company. There's three of us, right? 27, 25 year olds. So bringing a brand on like Wilson is just a, a tremendous play for us in our eyes. They bring the credibility growing up. I'm sure even with you being a father, right? You say you, you have your kids playing the ball on the couch. You know that the Wilson's that premium ball. I remember having to pay that $30 for that Wilson basketball growing up. So being able to pair our company we made with Wilson is just like such a strong move for us. So not only that, we're going to be able to start having uh, the the AVP play with it, like the professional players playing with that ball, which is great. And then aligning ourselves with professionals is just going to help grow our sport even that much further. So are you guys still playing yourselves? Like do you still go out and, and play or, or have you been uh, too trapped in the business? Yeah. Uh, I can't like so I'm heading out to California soon. We'll, we'll get to play there. Uh, I definitely don't get to play as much as I'd like to. No, so, same fan series. No, it's not not as much as I'd like to. All right. Well, let me ask you this: um, When you have a product that's super cool and super fun, uh, you get invited to new places. You get to experience life in a different, a little bit of a different level. Um, 
as your business starts to grow, are you seeing a difference in how, you know, when you first start and you're young, you get this kind of stigma, like, come on, kid, like, I know you got something cool, whatever. You know, it's nice. You're not that important. I don't feel like talking to you right now. Now you have numbers to back up what your idea is. And, you know, tell me a little bit about age. You're still under, under 30 years old. Like, yeah. if, you know, if I was to walk down the street and, you know, look at you, I, I couldn't tell the difference between a kid playing volleyball on the beach or somebody who owns, you know, a business with multi multi-million dollar revenue. Yeah. You know, what kind of, what kind of respect has it commanded? What kind of life changes have you seen in your business as a business person? Yeah. I mean, as a business part, like I think growing up in a small town, like we did, like literally to go to the movie theater, it's an hour drive. The closest gas station is 20 minutes away. So we grew up super frugal and that's how we treat the business still. I think that's how we're able to kind of grow at such a rapid rate is that we treat every dollar legit, like as it's coming from our own bank account. Because uh, we didn't come from money at all. None of us did. So uh, we've been frugal. Uh, we haven't pulled out too much cash from the business, but you're right. It does provide amazing opportunities. Uh, people are so much more receptive than they were back in the day. I could email pretty much any buyer right now, any podcast, any kind of media po company. They do want to talk to us. We're young. We have a great story. Uh, and I'm really privileged to be able to do it. So going to take full opportunity in it. How much of your time are you spending uh, doing promos like this, talking to small markets like this, uh, and and you know just branching out to to tell people what it is you got? Because yeah. every single podcast has their own niche audience, and I know we're gonna have an audience be like, "Oh, that's cool! I want to check that out." Yeah, I'm probably spending give or take two hours a day, uh, either on a podcast or an article or an interview, uh, just really branching out and just kind of building out my calendar. And then the rest of my time is dedicated just to building up whatever the weakest part of our business is. So right now it's SMS marketing and email marketing. So a good majority of my days is spent overseeing that and making sure that's getting done. How much of your time uh, are you looking as far as a scale effect? Like what are you looking for? What are you looking to do as far as scaling? Are you kind of setting back the, the tone of we do everything and kind of looking out for like virtual assistants to help you set up some of these SMS campaigns or some of these email campaigns, or are you still like hands-on? Like I'm doing it. Like this is just what I do on a regular basis. Yeah, no, it's at this point we have like 20 virtual assistants. We have teams working on all different parts of the business. So I'm um, hands-on to a degree of like overviewing, making sure everything's getting out in a timely manner, but the actual, like the emails going out, the emails being generated and created that's kind of off my plate at this point, And that's on to a team, which is a good feeling. Cause it's, it's difficult to do all these things like on your own. Right. Exactly. Um, tell me a little bit about what that process was like, like letting go of something that you used to have full control over and trusting that somebody else is going to do it. That's a yeah. very difficult step for a lot of entrepreneurs. What was that like for you? It's tough because uh, you're growing up, you, when you build the business, you're like, nobody could do this better than me because it's my baby. But if you want to grow your business, like at the helm, you need to really keep identifying for weaknesses. Otherwise you're going to stay flat. And that's how we've been able to 30 X one year. And now we're about to like 10 X this year. So that doesn't happen if we don't step away and add other people into the mix. It's also tough because when you own the business, you have to sacrifice some of your paycheck for somebody else's paycheck just to know that it propels the whole business forward. Uh, so we've been doing that. Uh, we did that early and often, and we continue to do that. Uh, but email marketing, SMS marketing, customer service, ads, 
uh, PR, all of those are things that we have currently outsourced. All right. I, I'm going to bring him on for a second. I work with my brother. I'm assuming you're, you're the oldest, right? Yeah, I'm the, I'm the oldest. Okay, so I'm the oldest too. Uh, what was it like growing up with your little brother, right, versus working with your little brother? Yeah, it's good. Um, so growing up, we've always been best friends, uh, literally like inseparable, which is good. He's 18 months younger than me, so we've always had that uh, just common bond of things that we like to do. We're both into sports. We both love movies. We both love going to concerts and music, so have tons in common. Um, as for growing the business together, it's really been good. We have, we have our own strengths, we have our own weaknesses. And as uh, I'm sure you can know from just like doing business with your brother, there's nobody better to be more truthful with and candid. Like if you're working with somebody that you hired from wherever, there's always going to be a part of you not being able to fully rip into them. And like, so we'll be able to just like hash out stuff, scream, yell, whatever. And then five minutes later, we're done with it. But we got the point across and we fixed things. Uh, with other people, it may not be that easy. Yeah, I was I was going to ask you that. I was like, come on, man. Give me some of the juicy stuff. Yeah. I know James and I, we had it out when we were younger a few times. Of course. Uh, but, you know, and, and, and you're right, though. Now it's it's totally different. Now, I mean, we still we still discuss stuff. We still disagree with stuff. I mean, James, we we disagree every, every I don't know. Like every once, once in a, a week. while. <laughs> every <laughs> right? once in a while. It, it, it's just a matter of, of trying to adjust and, and, but, but the point there is no matter what we disagree on, we're both trying to accomplish the same thing, right? We're both working exactly. towards the growth of, of the company. We just don't always agree on what that path is. And uh, pretty much we're stuck with each other. So even exactly, if, you you're know, still we're, we're still ripping brothers. into each other, it's fine. Yeah. yeah exactly. you still, we still got to hang out on holidays and stuff. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I got to stay liking you. Otherwise we'll break mama's heart. Exactly, dude. Exactly. <laughs> no, man. I mean, everything you guys are doing has been has been amazing. I mean, I, when I when I looked you guys up, I was I was thoroughly impressed. I was like, first of all, this thing is freaking awesome. I need to get one of these, right? And then and then second was was just identifying like how you clearly have created your brand. You've it's it's super easy to understand. The name makes total sense, right? It was it was it something that you that developed over time, like you had an original name and then you kind of changed it and then you kind of went with different colors or, or was it like right off the bat, it just clicked and it stuck the whole time. Yeah. I mean, off the jump, we, we figured black and yellow cause every other beach game was black and yellow. So we, we had some other colors in mind. I can't even actually think of them to, to come right now, but black and yellow, we just kind of fell in, fell in line with all the other beach games and what they were doing. Uh, easy for us to be recognized. And then, yeah, we had Crossnet. I think the other one was air square. And uh, yeah, I'm pretty happy we stuck with CrossNet. It seems like the, the branding's working for us, so no complaints there. All right, any last minute uh, things that you want to get off your chest, promos that you want to give, uh, any ideas or advice you want to give entrepreneurs as we end up here? Advice is a good idea could come from anywhere. Uh, you don't have to come from money. You don't have to go to college. You literally just have to have the work ethic to work harder than anybody else. And I think from what I've been seeing, the entrepreneurs I've been interacting with, you got to just give it a try because uh, you never know what's going to happen. We sold consistently for two years. We sold like five nets a day. And I was pumped when we'd sell five nets a day. And now we're selling 500. Uh, so could growth could come from anywhere. You never know like what's around that next door. So you just got to keep grinding as long as you see some positive growth every day. Like that's a win. 
how patient did you have to be? I mean, tell me, tell me a little bit about, you said, I mean, you sold 80,000 in that first year and it's you and your bro. And most of that is going into, you know, back into your, your product, like you were saying, back into the business, how patient did you have to be and how humble did you have to be to not, I'm assuming you had to work some other stuff to make sure you paid those bills. Oh yeah. Yeah. Miami isn't cheap. So yeah, it was my partner, Mike, uh, my brother, Greg, and we literally didn't pay ourselves for almost two years, but it sucks. There's some times where I think I was actually the most desperate for the money. So I was always like, yo, I need cash. I need cash. I need cash. I started working on Upwork uh, just to pay the bills. So I'd be grinding like eight hours, nine hours on CrossNet. And I'd be building some website on the side for my rent money. And I did that for two years. And I, I still take up freelance jobs here and there, just if it's something easier, a consulting thing that I'm uh, going back to like opportunities, right? Like brands hit me up to consult all the time, which is great. Uh, even mentorship, stuff like that, which uh, I'm in a cool position to do that stuff, but it made you frugal and it also made you realize what was really important. So those mindsets have still like proven true. Dude, thank you for coming on the show. I mean, it's again, you got, you guys have a tremendous story and a tremendous product. Um, and I know your time's valuable. So thanks. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Looking forward. Hey, when you come down to San Diego, yeah, dude, I'm gonna be you out gotta there reach soon. out because I, I mean, That'd, that'd be cool to hang out uh, and uh, with you and your brother. I'd like to meet your brother. We'll go, we'll go on a brother's, brother's date. Not date thing. Yeah. <laughs> bro date? Gotcha. Bro, bro date. Come on, man. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, let's cool. do it. All right, brother. All right, guys, have a good night. Have Peace a good night. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you interested in being on the show? Are you looking to sell your home or have a business that needs insurance? Reach out to the Business Bros via email, businessbros at csfirst.com right now, or click on the link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And remember to subscribe and share the podcast with the business professionals who you think would benefit from the show.